0: Welcome to Fox Den Daily, your go-to podcast for news, humor, and courtroom drama. Here's your host, Megan Fox.
1: Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is February 28th, and I am back to give you the best of what's going on in the legal world. What's happening in true crime in the court cases that we are all watching Right now, there is breaking news in the Laura Owens v. Clayton Eckerd case of the former bachelor who has been accused of fathering twins with a woman after they engaged in oral arguments, shall we say. Uh, This time, we have a letter that was sent by Laura Owens to Greg Woodnick, uh, Clayton's attorney. Ex parte. She did not go through her counsel, which she was supposed to do. She sent this letter yesterday, and Dave Neal has the story. Dave put this uh letter out on YouTube today. I will link the video in the description so you can go and watch the entire thing. But basically, this letter sounds like extortion. Laura Owens is telling Clayton Eckert, hey, you drop this case that I'm losing right now with you. Or I'm going to sue you for $1.2 million for that real estate deal that I didn't, that didn't go through back when I was uh, catfishing you uh, to set you up to be the next father of my twins. Well, all right. She didn't say it just like that. She said it in a much more chat GPT way, but that's how it came across. Do what I want you to do, or I'm going to tie you up in court for another several years. I'm not sure how this is legal or if it is legal, Uh, But when Greg Woodnick told the court in a motion that Corey Keith, Laura's lawyer, has uh, what he calls client control problems, I think this is the perfect example. So I've got a clip of Dave Neal, a reporter and host of the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. I've got a clip of him explaining the stipulation she put in her threat letter Oh, she loves her stipulations
0: stipulated conditions
1: for resolution
0: oh we have a stipulated condition for resolution you mean clayton doesn't have to pay the 1.4 million dollars and 80 cents i will do anything to not pay a 1.4 million dollar and 80 cents payment what is it that you want me to do In lieu of immediate litigation, I propose an alternative resolution contingent upon your stipulation to dismiss FC 2023-052114. Jane Doe v. Eckerd, forthwith and to mutually agree to forbear from any future legal actions against each other for any claims. This proposition is tendered in a spirit of amicable amicable dispute resolution and to mitigate further legal entanglements.
1: Oh, we wouldn't want a legal entanglement here. She loves legal entanglements, though. That's what she's all about, is legal entanglements. And if you don't give her what she wants, she's going to legally entangle you for the rest of your damn life. Yeah, what will the judge do? What, What is going to happen now? Is Corey Keith going to drop Laura Owens? Do we still go forward in court on June 10th? Is this some, just another way to weasel out of the consequences that are hurtling down the track towards her? I don't know, but it's outrageous. It is an outrageous move that clearly, uh, I don't think her lawyer saw coming because he wouldn't have told her to do this. I don't think now, Dave Neal pointed out something very interesting in his video about this. This is something that she does on a regular basis. She has done it in the emails to Greg Gillespie. She has done it in the emails to Clayton Eckert, basically saying, if you don't give me what I want, this dating contract that I want you to sign, I'm going to sue you. Give me what I want or I'm going to go into court. I'm going to file this bogus paternity lawsuit against you. And then she does it when they don't give her what she wants. She also did it to Dave Neal. This is a pattern and practice of behavior that Laura Owens is engaging in that I don't know if it raises, uh, if it rises to a criminal level, but it sure seems like it should. Is
0: this a standard civil threat or is this criminal Threats involving revealing damaging information about someone could turn civil threats criminal. Say you threaten to sue someone for fraud but offer to not sue if they pay you off. This misuse of potentially damaging information for gain could be improper blackmail. So where's the gain here? The gain is she doesn't have to get deposed and the truth doesn't have to come out but wait until I share the response please i urge you we don't make these videos with edits we bring them live to you and as you can tell i've got this weird like issue going on i've tried to fix it my computer's literally fried from this case <laughs> dodo bird has killed my macbook pro please pray for me out there light a candle a menorah do
1: whatever the hell you need to do Dave Neal is so funny. He makes me laugh so much. You guys, if you are not subscribed to Dave on his YouTube channel and also his podcast, Bachelor Rush Hour, you really need to be. This man is a total crack up. And uh, prayers for Dave's MacBook. We do need it to be working.
0: Please. I'm, I'm losing it. Let's continue. So many a times, many a times she has put these ultimatums out there. Again, she sent four more final offers after this final offer. I'll drop the harassment charge, which again, had no merit whatsoever. As long as Dave stops making videos, she just did what she could do to try to bully me. And yes, that is bullying. It's relentless torture.
1: All right. So she has done this many times. She's done it to Clayton. She's done it to Greg. She's done it to Dave. How many more times can she do this and get away with it is the question. But this is the real coup de grace. Because in the response that Greg Woodnick sent to Corey Keith, Laura's uh, attorney, there is some breaking news that you cannot believe. Well, maybe you did see this coming. I mean, I know I saw it coming. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, this is breaking information we're getting right now on the spot, brought to you now here on Dave Neal's Bachelor Nation News Power Journalism. Number four, I trust you already saw that three providers your client claimed. Were providing services have indicated they have no medical records for her in the system. Wait.
1: Three of the providers she said were treating her for her alleged pregnancy have no responsive records for Laura Owens. If you are surprised, you haven't been paying attention, but that's a very big admission. It's a very big admission that the Clayton Eckert's lawyers have everything that they've been provided includes notices from doctors that say, we never saw her. We don't know who that is. Wow. That's the kind of information that we have been waiting for. So more on that story. I'm going to be following that closely, of course. Hopefully, I have I don't need to put my uh plan- my travel plans on hold because I am planning to go to Arizona on June 10th to cover this trial that is set for June 10th. And if she's trying to wheeze a lot of it so that she gets you know t- so that we all our travel plans get interrupted. Uh, That wouldn't surprise me, but I am raising money to go on that trip. And if you want to uh, donate to help me get there, I will put the link to my Give, Send, Go in the show notes. All I need is a plane ticket because my parents live there. So I'm going to go hang out with my parents while I cover that trial live and bring you all the updated information first. You will get it from me from the source inside the courtroom if she doesn't weasel out of the June 10th date. All right, moving on to What the Hales, YouTuber Jeremy Hales has been involved in a crazy law case, which I have been following in Florida with the grudge judge, Judge Craig DeThomasis. He has a real arrogance problem. The man thinks he is the law and he thinks he can do anything he wants. And you know what he wants to do today? Well, he wanted to deny the third motion to recuse him that was filed by the Hales attorneys. Uh, he has denied it for the third time. He is refusing to step down off the case. Now, this time, he did not submit a five-page order, single-spaced, with over 2,700 words. No, no. Today's order was only three pages long, and it, but it was full of italicized anger in every sentence. Here is his excuse for not stepping off this case. He writes, the motion must state a factual foundation for the party's fear of prejudice and the duty of the reviewing court is to ascertain whether the facts as alleged in the motion would cause a reasonably prudent person to fear not receiving a fair trial. A motion to disqualify will be dismissed as legally insufficient if it fails to establish a well-grounded fear on part of, on the part of the movement that they will not receive a fair hearing. The judge also claimed that you could not use adverse rulings against you, and he said there were a bunch of those in the motion that that, that the Hales's attorney um, filed. However, DUI Guy Plus and uh, Larry and I, Larry Foreman and I, we read this motion last Sunday night on a live stream. I'll link it below. We read the entire thing, and I don't remember coming across any argument by the Hales's attorneys that were arguing about an adverse ruling from the judge. The entire motion was around how the judge behaves towards Jeremy Hale and how he behaves toward the attorneys that Jeremy hired. His aggression and hostility from the bench is palpable. Everybody sees it. We played that hearing on my channel last night, and it was an incredible stream. It was so much fun. And I was with The the Hales were with me. And um, everybody, there were almost 10,000 people in the chat. Everyone agreed that he has a reasonable fear that this judge is biased against him. It's so obvious. So I went and I looked in the motion to disqualify the judge because I was looking uh, for, you know, where is this that the judge says they were using his adverse rulings as a basis for the motion? But I didn't see that. This is what I found. The standards for disqualification do not turn on a demonstration of actual bias or partiality on the part of the judge or the judge's own perception of his or her impartiality. Rather, disqualification is required Where the facts alleged and established, which must be taken as true, would place a reasonably prudent person in fear of not receiving a fair and impartial proceeding. And why did Jeremy fear that he wouldn't get an impartial proceeding? Well, it wasn't because of any adverse rulings by this judge. It was because of the way the judge treated his Lawyers and him in court, constantly interrupting, yelling at them, raising his voice. I mean, it's it's kind of outrageous. If you watch that hearing and you can watch it on my YouTube channel, you'll see it. Everybody sees it. Um, also, the motion to disqualify the basis for it in the third motion was because of the judge's overly wordy, emotional order that he wrote in response to disqualification number two. And I read from the motion from the Hales' attorneys. This motion is based, from the respondent's point of view, on the order entered February 14th by the Honorable Craig de Thomasis styled as order on respondent's second sworn motion to disqualify. A copy is attached as Exhibit 1. In the order, Judge DeThomas has denied Hales' second disqualification motion, a copy being attached as Exhibit 2, consisting of five-page, single space pages, which took issue with the merits of the motion, refuted the allegations contained therein, and commented inter alia on the validity of certain allegations. In accordance with controlling legal authority in the state of Florida and this district, the 2,549-word order, has now become an independent basis for disqualification of Judge DeThomasis. An immediate entry of an order of disqualification is required. And then all of the case law was cited. So it's not just his attacks on the Hales attorneys, but it is and what he did in the order. The order itself was wrong to argue the merits of the motion instead of uh, what he was supposed to do. All right. So, what are the Hales' attorneys going to do about it? Well, they filed a writ of a notice to file a writ of prohibition and to freeze the proceedings. The Hales were doing court today at 1 p.m. I don't know if they got there or if, what happened. And then they're doing court again tomorrow. But what they're saying now is they want to stop this proceeding from happening until the appeals court gets a chance to hear this appeal. Uh, the, the appeals court is going to have to take this now and go: Is this judge biased or unbiased? Should he step down or not? He's refusing. Three times now. So this is in their notice of uh, filing a writ of prohibition. It says all in a case where the petitioner invoked her Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination in order to avoid answering questions about this case at her deposition, which this court declined to address at the last hearing on January 23rd. The court-ordered depositions have still not been completed due to the manipulations of the petitioner and her counsel the Hobson's choice for the respondent is to agree to continue to have a temporary injunction extended against him or to proceed to final hearing without adequate discovery. And all before a judge that he reasonably fears cannot be impartial. Respondent requests a ruling as soon as possible. So they are appealing this to the higher court in Florida. And now it's going to go there. Now, here's the thing. The judge might say, no. I'm not freezing this case. We're going forward. And and Jeremy Hales is just going to have to defend himself without the uh, deposition that was not fully taken by the petitioner and without the discovery that she's refusing to turn over. This woman, by the way, you heard that uh, she invoked the Fifth Amendment. She's the plaintiff in the case. She brought this order of protection against Jeremy Hale, Hales. She brought this case to him. So for her to say that she takes the Fifth, She's not going to answer questions at a deposition that she initiated. Are you kidding me? And this is being allowed. The judge never said anything to her about not showing up for her deposition and then taking the fifth at her deposition. And then the deposition was canceled halfway through. It's just incredible how biased this judge is toward the plaintiff and against. Uh, the defendant so this judge needs to go regardless of who's right right or wrong in this case whether it's jeremy hales or the neighbor it really doesn't matter this judge is one of the worst judges i've ever seen ever and if you want to see him live in action watch my live stream from last night and I, i'll link it you won't believe it it's the hearing watch and i'm going to put it on there dui got larry at uh, dui guy plus was with me plus jeremy hales and george and it was it was just hilarious. Okay. We have updates in the Fannie Willis disqualification hearings. And oh, my goodness. So they called Terrence Bradley, Nathan Wade's attorney, back to the stand. And this man, I've never heard anybody with take this long to answer a simple question in all my life. So I took a clip from Doug to Naples channel, Doug in Exile. Go check him out. Make sure you subscribe to his channel. But let's hear what uh, Terrence Bradley did on the stand yesterday. When you told me that their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you obtain that knowledge from?
0: It was, I was speculating. Um, I didn't have a,
1: Anytime time now, sir.
0: No one told me I was speculating.
1: All right, and the judge has pretty much had it. So at one point, Bradley's attorneys try to claim privilege, and the judge is like, uh, no. Do not sit down. She told us, she told us Mr. Wade told you. So tell us what Mr. Wade told you about Miss Willis and Mr. Wade meeting at the Evans office.
0: Objection, Your Honor. Privilege. This clearly covers the time after December 2018. It would be covered by the privilege. Yeah, um, overruled. Overruled again. Judge McAfee is on them now. He. This is not looking good for Fannie Willis. He. He's on to this whole thing being corrupt
1: now. You recall the question, Mr. Bradley? I do not. You ask the question, Ms. Merchant? What did you learn from Mr. Wade? i would clarify that's where you learned from about mr willis mr wade and miss willis meeting at the evans office together all right and then there's just an amazing long pause again it's so long that i can't use it because it'll make dead air on this program uh, but the judge has just had it. You heard the judge say, no, overruled. And do you remember the question? Because he's just sitting there not talking. And even so the judge is almost, uh, you know, doing the the defense attorney's job for her, which is really something. I think this judge has had enough. Uh, here's another clip. From Ms. Merchant. What did you learn from Mr. Wade? I was clarified. That's where you learned about from. About Mr. Willis, Mr. Wade and Miss Willis meeting at the evans office together <laughs> you could drive a train through these policies Project
0: asked and answered he's testified that he hasn't conference. answered he haven't, we haven't heard an answer he testified he had one conversation with mr wade in the back of his law judge, office you know, and, his, and his answer may change he's so oh. as to what
1: how to answer the question <laughs> whoa that is so huge the judge just said And his answer may change overruled. The judge is completely telling you, he's telling us, I know this guy is lying. Right to jail, right away. He's lying on the stand and his answer may change. So let him answer it.
0: I can't recall what the conversation was. Um, I do... I do recall... Um, knowing that they would, that he would go down to the office or had been down to the office, but I can't tell you.
1: So then he continues to say, but I can't tell you for what or when or why or, you know, but that's not what he said in other testimony. Apparently he said in either text messages or other testimony that they would meet at the office to hook up. Oh, it's just. And then we have the uh, Trump's attorney pointing out to the judge that throughout this testimony, Bradley has been secretly communicating with his attorneys in the middle of his testimony. I just want for the record, because sometimes the record doesn't reflect where people are looking, and that when I ask a question, Mr. Bradley is looking at Mr. Wade and his lawyer to wait for them to object, and they're clearly interacting somehow in the court. So I just want the record to reflect that, because it wouldn't otherwise Well, well, well. So it's now on the record that he was getting communication from his attorneys uh, while he was on the stand, which is a big no-no. This is all going very poorly for Fannie Willis and that DA's office, and I hope it continues in the same way. I'll keep you updated as I hear about it. As for what's happening tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time, that umbrella guy... Tug, He's going to have the hails on his program. I will link it in the show notes below. Make sure sure, you tune into that for all the updates on what's happening in the hails case. You'll get a bunch more details on that. Watching that umbrella guy go subscribe to his channel and check it out. That's it for me today, folks. I'm out of here. I got more stuff to do. I got to go write an article on pjmedia.com about Laura Owens and her newest attack on Clayton Eckert. I can't wait to get to that. Make sure you follow me over there, pjmedia.com. I write columns there, and you can find me under the Authors tab. If you look for Megan Fox, you'll find all my articles. And don't forget to follow me on Locals, too, MeganFox.Locals.com. We're having so much fun over there, and we would love to have you join us. See you again tomorrow, folks. Have a great night.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or your favorite place to enjoy the show. Want to hear more from Megan? Sign up at MeganFox.Locals.com.